It's exactly 10 minutes after the hour. It is hashtag MSW. It's Marawa Sports Worldwide. Welcome to it. And uh, 0605842250. That is the WhatsApp voice note. Uh, in case you want to send any question, even on social media, uh, you can send those through on Twitter as well. Hashtag Ask Baxter. And asking him, he is here right in front of me. Coach, good evening. Welcome good evening, to yeah, welcome to Marawa Sports Worldwide. Good to see you. Thank you. New Year 2019 has started, um, and for a national team coach, obviously it's either games back to back or it's a case of having to wait for a while, you attending games, long. and then you at times wait for quite a long time, don't you? Yeah, yeah. We're in the, one of those periods that you're monitoring the the fitness and the form of the players, and you're getting around and trying to make sure that all preparations are as meticulous as possible. But it's a frustrating period, I think, yeah. Rob. I mean, frustrating on, on many, many fronts. But for you, what's the biggest frustration that you're encountering right now? Well, knowing that the team that we're going to be playing, Libya, are on almost permanent training camp because of the state of their country. Uh, so they're working like a little club team. Yeah. And uh, I'm dashing around Europe and looking around South Africa to try and keep in touch with my players, you know. So uh, that's the most frustrating part. I would like to have them on the field. And to that to that end, we did we did think of can we obviously bring the squad together? Is there an opportunity uh, to have camps? Well, looking at the looking at the fixture list that our PSL clubs have, you you very quickly realise that mm-hmm. that is not going to be a, a viable proposition. You you ask the European clubs to send their players outside the FIFA calendar in midweek, ten hours here and ten hours back, and you know the sort of answer you're going to get. So. Uh, We've we put together a, a a wish list and sent yeah. it to the PSL, and I have to say, Robert, that the uh, the answer we got back that they were prepared to shift a couple of games to allow us an extra couple of days preparation was music. Yeah, wow. Um, I mean, that's massive. So you're saying I read it last week that you were going to ask the Premier Soccer League to afford you that latitude to have a little bit more time. Yeah. And we were just all wondering, you know, is Baxter going to succeed with this or is he not going to succeed? But you got some, you know, obviously breaking well, news for us. Well, I so. spoke, yeah. And I spoke, to the, I spoke to a lot of the coaches. The coaches, you know, what I think, what I think in this country, Robert, and I've said it, I've said it for a long time, to unleash what, what I think everybody says is undoubted potential, to unleash that potential we have to stop the he said, she said. We have to stop the, you know, I'll take care of my little patch. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm pointing no fingers in that. I just think everybody's as good as the next one. And what this does, the clubs have, the clubs have shown uh, a desire to want to help. The coaches have been great. Uh, I've got good dialogue with most of the coaches now. And now the PSL, this was a big one for me, to yeah. go to the PSL cap in hand, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's a great decision by them. I'm I'm grateful on behalf of the players and everybody involved. I thank them because what we were facing was going up, going and playing Libya with virtually one and a half sessions, sure. virtually one and a half sessions after not seeing them for four months. That is not perfect preparation. What they do is they give us possibly three or four extra sessions which could be the difference between draw, winning or losing. And, you know, you can't promise results, but I know that this will give everybody a massive boost. And uh, on behalf of the team, and 
obviously Salford will make their own uh, their own uh, thanks I'm sure but uh, on behalf of the team and myself uh, I'm really really grateful for the help we're getting that's amazing though and just to confirm that's the weekend or the the week of 15 to 17 March yeah there will be there will be games that window that they they shift back right to allow us to meet up on the morning of the 16th and including traveling the traveling, uh, the traveling, as you know, takes takes forever. Yeah. So to get the players in, to get them where we want to go, I think if I'm not wrong, you know, the European players w- would be easier to fly them straight in mm-hmm. from their normal uh, residences. Yeah, and uh, I think we've got two two at this moment. We've got Pirates and uh, Sundowns who will be on calf duty, and it may be even easier to fly their players straight in. Yeah. So. What it means is we can be together earlier. And together is the word, you know. I'm a coach and I want the players on the field. I'm not a faith healer, you know, so I can't on the telephone bend the spoons like Yuri Geller and things yeah. like that, you know. So we've got to get them together. And this affords us at least a couple more sessions, which is, which is vital. Well, un- unless I don't know, though, the venue is still up in the air. You know, given the the unrest, so it could either be Tunisia, it could either be Egypt, it could be anywhere. When, when do they tell you? Yeah, well, I think I think it's going to be Tunisia. Yeah, uh, but the venue in Tunisia, uh, I'm sure that tactically they will hold that back as long as possible. We don't know what sort of pitch it's going to be, what's what's the stadiums, mm. so we can't do a recce and things like that. So I'm sure that the the games will go on like that until the last minute. Uh, that's all right. We'll have to we'll have to put up with that. But there's no point moaning about it. It's it is what it is. Uh, but what I'm, what I feel now after hearing the news this evening before leaving the house is that uh, we we can have a crack at it. You know, I've got for example, I've got four players in the squad coming back from long injuries. Mm. You know, on one session, I'm not sure if I can assess them and put and risk them in a vital game. So now I get a tr- I get an honest chance to. A, a, have a look at them and say, well, no, you are, you are not, yes. you know, and yes. that's only going to be good for the team. So it gives us a bit of a, an honest chance. Let's say that, Rob. Let's talk about those four, because obviously, like I said, there's long periods of times between Bafana Bafana games and what happens domestically. Yeah. Uh, you know, we would look at a situation where Rama has been out for a while, yeah. coming back in. I've seen him appear in the, in the uh, MDC team as yeah. well, you know, trying to get his full fitness back, uh, you know, on several occasions. you got the Dumelen Kune, you know, scenario yeah. uh, of yeah. him being out. So I don't know if you've written him off. So when you talk about the four, maybe let's... Let's talk about those players openly and see where you see them right now. Well, Rama, I expect to be available. I mean, he's playing now, and it's only really me to make a to make a, a visit to his club and mm. speak to Ernst and speak to the physios and, and and get a picture and see and hopefully see him play. Uh, Dean Furman is is playing. He's I don't think he's he's full he's full tilt yet. But that was another one. You've got to really monitor him and see does he have a does he have a setback. You've got to, you've got the foreign boys. You've got Keegan Dolly had a setback. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be uh, one that breaks the, the the straw that broke the camel's back. But mm-hmm. I think it's not what we wanted. You know, we're going to have to monitor him and see his form and fitness. You've got Bongani Sungu, who's also not playing really yet. You've got Kamamakocho, 
who is back mm. and has scored a couple of goals just last week. So he's obviously uh, ready to go. Yeah. Bradley Croblo, who's also been out for a long time, is back and has played a game now. So played at Cape Town. Yeah. yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on looking at those and and all of those, and then you've got it too, who I don't. I don't think I'd be wise to reckon with Itu. If Itu suddenly has a, a miraculous recovery, that will be a bonus. But I don't think it would be wise to, to reckon on him being fit. Mm. But because from what are we hearing, and I'm going to work backwards now in terms of the players we've mentioned, in terms of Itu, in January we were being told he'll be out for four months. Yeah. So the game is in March, yeah. which would have been projected to be around about April. Yeah. Uh, you know, but there is speedy recovery. There's players reacting well yeah. to treatment, yeah. etc., which exactly. know, could surprise you yeah. uh, in the end. Are you hoping for that, or are you as good as writing him off for this one? Well, I think it'll be a difficult one for it to, unless he can get some games in. Yeah, because you've got the inactivity, you've got the the nervousness on his part about where do I stand and yeah. and going into a vital game. Is that fair to put the with? with all the normal hype around it to, to put even more on him. So I think it would be it would be wonderful to have a fit Itu. Yes it would. Mm -hmm. uh, can we can we do it without him? Yes we can. Uh, is he for is he still one of the best keepers on the continent? Yes he is. So therefore you will miss him in some way. But I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write him off. I'm gonna say if he if we get him it's a bonus. If we don't mm -hmm. we'll deal with it. And how does Stuart Baxter deal with a scenario where Idubelenkune is out? Do you work on a basis where you've got a number two goalkeeper uh, who then automatically fills in for Idu in the event mm. that he's not available? And then a number three goalkeeper who then comes into the number two scenario? How well, do you work? It's an, in it's, a, it's an interesting question. We've, we've got Darren, we've got Darren Keat, we've got Ronza, who have really been slugging it out for the number two behind it too. Right. And they're both played and they're both done okay and they're both and they're both thrown their hats in the ring. Now it they're so close that it'll be watching game watching games, who's on who's on it, who's not, who's fit, who's not, and even to the point of when we get to camp, who looks comfortable. The interesting one is the third choice. We have a we have a couple of third choices that that are inactive. We can look at Riyadh, for example, in the in Sunday, inactive, and you you wonder, well, can we actually bring an inactive goalkeeper to that degree, an inactive yeah. goalkeeper in, or do we look at one of the younger ones? Let's go down in our system, the under twenty ones and so, and say, well, no, if these two can keep their end up, do we bring in maybe a Bruce from uh, from uh, Kaiser Coaches, Chiefs, yeah. and say, well, no, for the for the development. Of, of a third goalkeeper for the future, do we do that? All of that uh, is on paper quite smart, but yeah. then you've got to start doing it thinking about the actual game coming up and then you've got to start finding out, is he doing well in training? Is he, you know, how's his coach seeing his performance mm. at the moment? So that one we can solve in a couple of ways, but uh, I think it's going to be go, that one is going to go all the way up to the two weeks before yeah. when we select the squad. Well, it's a bit of a crazy one because you'd find that Bruce um, has to make way for the number two at Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah. So he doesn't really get time to play. There you go. Um, and then the flip side, when you look at Ronwin versus Darren Keat, you know, do factors like log position 
of Wits versus Supersport matter? Does uh, goals conceded matter? Do, does familiarity within the defense and the goalkeeper, yeah. where you find that the bulk and the uh, the consistency of your defense has been Bilves Wits players, yeah. where their goalkeeper is Darren Keat? All of you those. Know? So, yeah. 100%, Robert. All of those that points that you mentioned are relevant. They're relevant because they all affect the one golden word, confidence. Mm. You know, who is the keeper that is going to be confident if he has to play? And the one that is going to be confident, they're that close, he will play. Yeah. No doubt about it. And if that's caused because he plays behind that back four every week or that Ronza has worked with me before and he knows what I want or what, whatever... Mm. A small, a small knock that it's niggling a little bit and you're seeing in his club form that he's not really at it. Any of those things can be the deciding factor. Oh, good luck with that. Yeah, you know, you. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be uh, quite a thing. Or, you know, although there could be just a one thought that says go with X or go with Y, but there'll be many, there'll be many different schools of thought, I would imagine, yeah, yeah. around it. And just in terms of clarity, though, because we saw, especially within the Nigeria game, the return yet again of Tulani Serrero. You continue with him. You would have been happy with his return uh, to the national team. Tulani came in and was what I was looking for. I, I, I didn't think he would come in and, and max out in that one game. I, I didn't expect that. Yeah. I thought he did okay. I thought he did okay. Uh, but what I was looking for was an attitude. I wasn't I wasn't looking for big time Charlie. I wasn't looking for well here I am now give me a break. Yeah. And and what I saw when it came in was a bit of humility that I liked and and a desire to get on with the job. He wanted to impress. He he didn't think you should be impressed just because I'm playing abroad. Mm. He came in and he gave the right attitude. That is why I said, No, I think he had a good camp. And so if he's fit and he's playing well the same as everybody else, I think he deserves to be uh, considered. Absolutely. Right. One of the popular ones that keeps coming through, and, and, and they keep asking me, and I, I'm not at liberty to say this. I know you, you might have addressed it in one of the press conferences. I remember uh, in the way it was asked by one of the journalists was around May Matlang. Yeah, you yeah. know, because there was a stage where the belief was that he's no longer allowed or he's been banned. You know, hard words, harsh words like that were being used. Yeah, I mean, all of those sorts of things, Rob, you, you've got to sort of go to the the powers that be and say, what is the situation with this player? Yeah. You know, because obviously, if I really want a player, I would do that. I mean, for example, with the with Tulani, I went and I said, I said, look, is he out? The, is he out of the question? What went down? You know. The answer was no, it's not out of the question. Mm. So with May, I would do that again if if I thought that that was going to take us in the right direction. I think the players that we have in May's position are taking us in the right direction. I think May has been... I follow, I follow Obviously, you know, he played for Helsingborg, which is my hometown in Sweden. Uh, I know the coaching staff. I know his injury. I know when he went to Gothenburg, they thought he wasn't... He wasn't really back to his full force then he's got another two good moves out into mm. Europe where he obviously is but years have passed and we have now people like Tomoko McQuain are coming through and, and the question is as much as, as I respect May and what he's done as a player and what he does probably mm. 
I don't think it's one of those where you should you should bring him back unless, and this is the big unless, unless it's for one game where you think he will make the difference. Right. And then that door could be open. But I think at the moment, in terms of development, in terms of the, the journey that May's had with his career, which I have, as I say, a lot of respect for, I don't think there's been a situation where I've gone, no, I should bring him in and I should take out uh, a younger player or uh, one that's one that's maybe more in the frame for the challenges that we have ahead. Yeah, okay. I think that's pretty fair that you've, in the time when there was uncertainty, you've been able to bring some other players into that position, yeah. develop them, make them understand your thinking, and then you know, kind of move on yeah. uh, to such an extent that there is no stage now when you retrospectively look and say, should have called them up. Yeah, you you quite satisfied um, with that? Well, reasonably. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think you, a coach is is a coach ever one hundred percent satisfied with his work. I yeah. don't think so. But I think that during during the last twelve months, there have been there have been more than one good quality player who has probably played in the national team and served his country well mm. that has sort of fallen out of the frame because not because he couldn't do his job today, but because. I've really had to have one eye on what we're doing now and one eye on the future and the building because I've got this feeling that if we'd have been building a little bit earlier, mm. then we'd have been a lot further forward, Rob. And at the beginning of the at the beginning of the of the the last year, I said, "Listen, we have got we have got to make sure that we start deepening the squad, broadening the squad." giving people a chance and it may mean that some of the players even some of our better players won't get the exposure that that they've had before and it may mean that some will fall away mm. and and I said and I said I will take that I will take that because I know I'm a coach if I can't win a few games at the same time or give a few performances people are not going to take that they're going to say no you should be picking him him and him mm. and not testing all these these new players. Well, we played one year and we didn't lose, and and that's including a couple of dodgy results that we that we were very disappointed with. But on the in the broader the broader picture, we have deepened and widened that squad, and and I think as a few players have fallen away, that have served their country well, and I just think that if we are going to have one eye on the future. We have to be strong enough to continue this way. Mm. And it would be fantastic if we can go to Libya with the fruits of that sort of program and get the result that we want and then expose that group to an international tournament. I think that, was, that would be, uh, that would be uh, optimum. Okay. If I'm reading you well, qualify for the tournament with whatever the kind of players you have now. Get to tournament itself, then unleash... I won't say the bulk, but yeah. what your directive is, he has a major tournament. Yeah. You're a young player. Yeah. You, you know, your name is Gift Links. Yeah. You're doing very, very well at uh, Cape Town City. You know, one of the star players, you know, undoubtedly for me, I just think that if he was playing for one of the Gauteng, you know, so-called top teams, he would yeah. be getting higher reviews than he does playing for Cape Town City, given what he has. Yeah. I mean, is he somebody that's, Absolutely. Within your radar, that I know you've yeah. called him up uh, yeah. at, at some point, is he someone that you look at and you say, "Hey, Afcon material." See, you know, you know. I mean, this is 
for your listeners, this is maybe a bit of an insight into the yeah. into the way that we work at national team level or a national coach would work. You know, I call I'd call I call up Gift. He played, he did really really well in one game, and looked a little bit naive, although talented yeah. in the in the other one. Now, you take him away, and you say you have got potential. You really do. Go back to your club now. Show them why you were called up to the national team, which. I believe in the beginning he was in and out a little bit mm. and then he's just bang, he's, he's sort of now, I think he's blossoming. And so as a national coach, Gift has missed a few camps, but I was in contact with him and told him that you're going to miss this one. And then if I call him up now, mm. he's more experienced and he's, he's had that in his back pocket from the last, the last camp. So that's how it works. It doesn't work like a club where you're in contact every day and you, and the, the player from day to day grows. Yeah. Now he disappears and Benny takes care of him and works with him well. And, and then, you know, I go down, I'll be going down to Cape Town actually next week. I will meet Benny and I will say, look, how are this player doing? How is that player doing? What's mm. your impression of him? And that's, how it, and that's how it works. So, and that's why it's important that I've got a decent relationship with the coaches, that they don't close the door when they see me or, or I'm too lazy to get, get on an airplane and go and ask him what he thinks. You know, so that's, that's why I'm pleased, to go back to the beginning of the show, that's why I'm pleased that it's a, a massive signal that South Africa is pulling together. And watch out, Africa, if we do really pull together in every, in every respect. I think it could be, uh, whether I'm the national coach or whoever it is, it could be a, an awakening. A start of something new? Do you, do you believe, though, that just based on what you've said already, when it comes to your announcement, when you make that announcement, you have that press conference and you're announcing the squad yeah. that will do battle against Libya. And we're looking for an improvement on what happened in Devon at the Moses Mabita Stadium, yeah. where we you know, should have, could have, but didn't. Yep. And things would be different. We wouldn't be having a conversation about, sure, we can, we can't, we must. Do we expect a massive change of personnel that you're calling, or do you look at the consistency based on the fact that they know what to expect from Stuart Baxter? Well, I think it's going to be, and you can never, you can never give so far in advance, you can't give any more. Yeah. any more detail than I'm going to give but I think the players that we call up I'm going to need to trust them I'm going to need to I'm going to need to know I can trust them I don't mean that I distrust any player but they're going to have to be tried and tested I don't think it would be fair to whip a player that's never been around me never been around the rest of the players just because he's had a couple of decent games and say there you go go on mm. and risk the country's hopes and dreams and the players in the squad, their hopes and dreams and yours and mine. I don't think that's fair. Mm. So I think I would need to be able to trust that they can go and do a job. I will take the flack if they don't perform well, not them. But they've got to feel in their hearts that I am okay for this. I'm up for this. I don't want them sitting there saying, wow, this is a big one at, my, at this stage of my career or I haven't been doing very well at my club. The coaches read this completely wrong. I want to get as many right as I can and take a group that is comfortable together, don't need to gel, don't need another two weeks before they're going to understand everything. They've got to go, have short, sharp preparations, find, find a nice balance and make sure that we can, we can trust that everybody that walks on the field really believes in their deepest heart of hearts that we're going to beat Libya. And you believe we will? 
I believe we will. And and what that takes again is the combination of what we had been seeing in recent time, especially with the combinations up front. Yeah, uh, there were a lot of positives. Yeah, you know. Let sorry. pick up on them. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Go no, ahead. Sorry, Rob. I mean, because you you mentioned the, the combination yeah. up front, and that is a little bit syndicative mm. of the reason I think that people should be more optimistic. Uh, I don't say that people should be walking around saying that's it. I booked my ticket, so I'm off to uh, I'm off to Egypt. I think they should be more optimistic because when we played Libya in the in Durban, we had a Percy Tao that had just come back from finalising his move. Yeah. Now, when I've spoke, I was in Belgium speaking to his club and his coach and his sporting director, and asking about his progress, and they said when Percy first came, he was a bit flat. And I said, well, you know, South African players, when they leave the country, they have to adapt to food, weather, teammates, new systems of play. I said, I don't think you'll get one that will go and rip up trees in his first month. We got Percy back as that first camp after that flatness. And I didn't think Percy was at his best in that game. Now, we've spoken about it. And since then, Percy has been on fire. Now, they will have to deal with Percy Tao as is, not as was. So that's the first one. His, his partnership with Lebo Matiba, if we can continue to allow that to flourish, I think that's also one that they didn't have to face. Sure. You know, that was in its infancy. So, you know, I could go I could go around and say, well, you know, I thought Keegan Dolly was probably our best player on the evening in Durban. But Keegan's coming back from this injury desperate to play, desperate to put himself in the shot window again, he'll be hungry. I can go through a few of them. The back four know each other better. We haven't. We conceded one goal against Nigeria and that was an own goal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think we can do better than that. So, if I keep on going, then I think those are the reasons that we should be optimistic. Now, the challenges we've got is do you go there gung-ho and have a real go at them and surprise them? Or do you go there and do you play box clever and hit them on transitions and set plays? Mm. Or do you find a happy medium of we're going to be nice and solid, but every chance we get, we're going to go for the throat. So, you know, they're going to have to work that one out, what we're going to do. But whatever happens, I think they're going to have more problems with us than they had down there. But also psychologically, I know it will be in March and we talk about a label Motiba and... Um you know, the the good news that came through, you know, he was sharing this quite openly on social media as well. Uh, you know, the fact that they've managed to progress to the French uh, uh, Copa della uh, yeah. League final, yeah, yeah, you know, which is a, which is a massive That's thing it. for a player like him. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I love, I love the, I love the, the thought of our players testing themselves yeah. in the, in that sort of atmosphere and that sort of environment, you know, I've got I've got a lot of good information about our players. Information that has been a long time coming, Rob, because yeah. you know we we haven't we haven't been bursting at the seams, you know, with with players that have been getting admired by people, you know, even our league players that are doing well are being admired by people. I get I get scouts calling me asking me about about uh, about our players that are playing here. So I think if our players can remain humble, if we can, if we can make sure that we do the right things, continue to strive and, and fight for your hopes and dreams, I'm sure that South African players all over the world will uh, will make both them proud and the, the nation proud. But how do you handle 
the, the wave and, and we find ourselves here on the show having to introduce a lot of new players yep. to the audience. Yep. When I talk about new, new in terms of name and destination. Yeah. But if you talk about Lishabane, not new to Leicester City. And if they yep. want to play a Carabao Cup, they call upon him to play. Yep. And he is drafted and he is in. And yep. you're thinking he is eligible to play uh, for South Africa. At what point do you look at players like that? And there's a whole wide range of them that we've spoken uh, to. And they're playing regular football yep. at really good leagues. But, you know, very young, highly unknown in South Africa, yep. but making waves internationally. And they're just saying, we're just waiting for a call-up. How yeah. do you handle that? Well, I think, you know, you've got to... There are two th- there are two things there, Rob. It's one, handling the over-exuberance of the home market, yeah. you know, the media and the, and the home the clubs. The, and there's two, it's making sure that the player has an international pathway that matches where he's actually at. Now, to do that, you've got to monitor the player, you've got to have information on the player, and you've got to make sure that you can be in contact with the player. Now, there's a few of those that I've personally been in contact with. Maybe that that's because I was delving into this, we've got to deepen the squad. Yes. And I was seeing, who who is Nicola Tavares? Is he at Crystal Palace? I know Roy Hodgson. Let me call him. Let me go there. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to find out. So I've done that myself, but I think Safa's got to get someone that can do that so that that the pathway that we plot for these young players is relevant to where they are, Mm. relevant to where they are in their development. So I've called, and I want to see the number of players, I've called a player, spoke to his father, spoke to his agent, and they asked me, don't pick him for Bafana. Things are going so fast in his life, it would be be too much for him. And I said, great, Mm. but we will pick him for one of the other teams. And they were happy with that. Now, One for the the junior national teams? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I can't, I cannot do that with every player. Yeah. You know, as much as I would love to, I cannot. But I think the time has to come when we have so many players playing abroad Mm. that monitoring them, assessing them, recording their, their, their progress and then flagging up at the right moment that this one should be on your radar now. Yeah. You know, that's that's where we should be going with this. I was going to say that that's why I had to double check, saying that they're going to come through for the junior national teams, although it might or might not find them to be uh, problematic. Is that if that's what the parents or the agents say don't do, and then the next thing we find a player then playing for a national team of England or national team yeah. of Ireland. Yeah. And we see him doing wonders. We see him qualify for a World Cup and we're like, whoa, you know, Baxter could have called this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's a, there's, there's not, there's not, a, there's not a, there's not a perfect solution for that yeah. one. Because if you say, if you say that someone is playing for, let's take Joel Untersee. Yeah. Joel Untersee is a South African. Well, he was born, born here. And Swiss parents, he has played, he moved away and has played for Switzerland up to under 21. He wants to play for South Africa mm. and we want him to play for South Africa. So when his papers are in order, he will be eligible for us. Now, we wouldn't like that to be the situation with a South African going to Switzerland and, and then he's played for us into under 21s and suddenly he plays for Switzerland. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. we wouldn't like that. And I know, and I know, but we can't take every talented 16 year old and give him a Bafana uh, shirt yeah. just to, just to lock him into us. But 
I would say, and and I, I had Wayne Rooney when when I was at the English FA. You know, when they when they're young, but they are undoubtedly talented, then you do you do that. Mm. You'll you'll bring them and you'll give them an official game because, you know, fast tracking some players is right. Not fast tracking some players is also correct because they don't want and the, and obviously this player I'm tell, I'm talking about they didn't want that fast tracking they wanted it to be and and it was genuine it wasn't yeah. the case of no hang on hang on a second we're weighing we, options we, Croatia yeah. waiting outside can you go now you know so it wasn't that and, and and we 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 think that if we can have that sort of contact with the players the players have got to feel that they're important to us. Yeah. You know that's difficult when you don't have you don't have a system of monitoring these players, and because they're becoming more and more, we want to make sure that that we are making everybody feel important to this country. Not that well, you've gone over there now. We don't even uh, you're not even on our radar anymore. So mm. just come back when you're about twenty three, twenty four, and you can play in Qatar. You know. That's not the way to do it, is it? It should be on 60 caps by the time it's that age. Exactly. All right, going to take your calls after the break. Stuart Baxter is my guest and hashtag Ask Baxter. Good evening, Rob. Can you please ask Stuart Baxter if the fact that we don't have South African players playing in and around Africa uh, affects Bafana Bafana in terms of us conquering our continent first before we can even think about going to the World Cup and stuff. Does he believe that we have enough knowledge about our African counterparts? Like, do we know their culture? Do we know what they do before the matches? How do they prepare for matches? Because we don't even have anyone in the technical team of Bafana Bafana who have coached or who have played in and around our continent. Good evening, Robin. Good evening to listeners there. Robbie, can you please ask Stuart Baxter for me, where must Colum Lambo improve his game in order for him to be called to the national squad? Thank you very much, Robbie. This is Wiseman in BE. Hello, Robert. Uh, Lefonolo from Brotiat Lane. Uh, I would like to ask, uh, Stuart Baxter about the development in this country and Bafana Bafana. Well, when it comes to the de uh, development, Safa is not doing anything at all. But whenever they have press conferences in the media and wherever, they keep on telling us that uh, they've made progress and all that. And we don't see that as all. Instead, um, the level of football keeps on dropping and dropping and dropping. Uh, we are not improving at all. So to Stuart Banks, I know this might be difficult for him maybe to answer, but what does he think we really need to do to change the state of our football in this country? Uh, maybe he might agree with me on this one when I say uh, I think uh, the likes of Danny Dodan, Dennis Mambul, all of those guys, I think now they've overstayed the welcome. It's time for them to step aside, step for young blood, the likes of Lucas Khatebe, David Nyati, Dr. Kumal, all those guys who played football, who have been involved with football, to step in and uh, 
bring some new changes. Thank you. I'll listen over, over the radio. Rob, my, my question to the national team coach um, is very simple. My view first is one. There's been a lot of plans put in place uh, by the national team, you know, for Bafana Bafana or for everything else. I've heard enough of hearing about plans. The point is that the game of football is being played for one reason, and one reason only is to win silverware. Up until such time that South Africa leaves the trophy, then we are not happy as a, as a nation. Let's get the team to play and win a trophy for the nation. Stuart Baxter must just give us a sense of how that will happen. That's all we need to hear. Oh, the passion coming out, Stuart Baxter. Do you believe he can give us a trophy? That's all he wants to hear. Shall I say that one first? Yeah, let's take it from. Well, I mean, that's all. I heard the one of the listeners saying that they don't want to hear about plans, but I think if you're going to win anything, you've got to have a plan. Uh, I think probably one of the problems we've had before, Rob, is that we've concentrated on trying to go from not winning for a long time to suddenly winning and that epiphany just does not happen yeah. you know a lot of hard work I think it was Tiger Woods who said it took, it took him five years to become an overnight success you know of hard work and I think that's what it is and I think everybody wants silverware everybody wants that but if you only look at that then you've only got one eye on what you're doing at this moment and I think we have to plan as much as as much as a, it can it can be it can stick in your throat a little bit. The, the support saying, yeah, 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 I've heard it all before. You have to plan and you have to progress and you have to make sure that you, you put those plans into effect. Now, there is a, an issue that we could maybe discuss if the plans have been put into effect. That's a different story altogether. I know somebody wanted a, a broader picture about what is the problem with an SA football. We might not be able to deal with it all now, but I think the first caller who mm. dealt with the issue of the knowledge and the background of some of the opposition that we play, yeah. how far into that do we go or how far into that does Stuart Baxter know? Well, it's, it's, much, more e- it's, it's much easier for our competitors to check on what we do because of the coverage that South African football gets on the continent. It's not as easy for us to find out what uh, Malawi are doing. It's not really that easy. So we get intelligence on the people that we're going to play against. Uh, I think the caller was alluding to the fact that, let's say, there are Portuguese coaches working in the Premier League in England and Mm. there's German coaches working in the Premier League. So... Therefore, they have a better idea of what's going on. I'm not sure that it would help us to have coaches working in our in our uh, neighbouring uh, countries. But certainly he was right in as much as we do need to research and we do need to make sure that we have a database with all the, let's say, the traditional way of playing. In the, so if you ask me about the, the rise of Zambia, Zambia played orthodox 4-4-2 and they've played forward very quickly into athletic athletic strikers and quick support and a high-tempo game. Yeah. Now I can tell you that, but I can't tell you that about every country in, uh, in Southern Africa. But that intelligence we need and, uh, and the caller was right in that. I'm not sure how easy that is and how far we should go. Embedded journalists or embedded <laughs> scouts whatever it is that you want to call it it uh, would be the all right one of the questions that i am inundated with whether it's voice notes whether it is on social media platforms is that of a gentleman called Kola Mlambo. Hmm. you know him very well you've been 
hearing this at press conferences as well, yeah. saying that what would it take for Stuart Baxter to call Olam Lambo up for the national team? The, the simple answer, the simple answer is that it would take that I think it's the right time, and and the games that we've had, mm. I've not thought it'd be the right time. Whether I didn't think he was playing that well at that time, or I thought his style of play just didn't suit that game. It's the game is about opinions, Rob. Right. And my opinion is that he's a talented player. I've spoken to their staff about him, and they all love him. They rave about him. So it's not an easy one to not have him. And I like that type of player. I think when you have that type of player, you've also got to make sure that you have a solid defence. I think I had Mourinho talking, and I thought, I thought he spun a lot yeah. when he was leaving United. But he did speak about... Uh, one of his top players, if he had a better defence, he would have played him because he could risk him a little bit more. And I think, you know, it could be a case of that a little bit. You know? Is it a case of what, him being a luxury player more than somebody who I don't you, you would need to double up yeah, defensively or maybe have a more defensive-minded no, midfielder to do the extra work? I don't, I don't, I don't want to be the one to say he's a luxury yeah. player because I, I don't think he's a luxury because he works hard enough. I, think, I don't think it's that. I think the strong, side, the strong side of his game is getting on the ball and solving problems, especially problems in small, in small tight areas, I think. Passing game. Yeah, and he, looks, and he looks and he spots a pass and people spin out and he can drop balls in. Yeah, now... I think that has got to suit that game. Mm. And his high-risk game can't be against a team like Senegal, for example, or, or Nigeria, who can hit you very quickly on, on transition. So the, I've been tempted. I've been tempted a couple of times. I mean, I, I don't want to start fudging the issue with any more than that. Mm. But he has been very close. And I've spoken to Mitchell. I've spoken to Rolani about him. So it's, uh, it's one that I, would, I will... I will look at it, and at the right time, I've got no problem having in the squad. All right, Alfie and St. Churin, good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you? Very good, thanks. Welcome. I'm good. Coach, Coach Bex, how are you, sir? Good, thank you. Good evening. I'm great. You know, you. I, I, I worry so much. As a, as a gentleman, I, I must say I respect you a lot, but I worry so much every time I listen to you and you talk about a plan. I mean, being a South African myself, um, every time politicians talk about plans of building a road and no money is going to disappear somewhere and there won't be progress. Yeah, I'm not a politician. Um, um, my, 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 issue, my issue is one. We, we went to seashells and we could not, we could not beat them. Um, and it, it's, it's become a South African culture whereby we, we always have to leave it late for us to qualify. I, I want to pose two quick questions to you and then I'll listen on the radio. One, do you think, how important do you think that education and soccer go hand in hand? Because at, at times I look at your, your team playing, our team obviously playing, and it doesn't take a rocket science that someone doesn't have to put the laces for the ball to, 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 to actually uh, go in the back of the net, you know? Um, I understand as a coach, you can only do so much. You can't get into the field and play. But what do you think is the biggest problem in terms of Bafana, Bafana and scoring? And how are you going to fix that? Because... This is a very key game against. We need to win. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Well, I'll try, I'll try to. I'll try to take the 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 questions out of it that uh, I think I think you're asking. But there was a few things in there that you addressed that that were things like 
the inherent problems that we have in the game mm. that we we tend to you mentioned Seychelles not win the games that we're expected to win I think this is this is nothing that I'm, I'm creating now with this national team this is something that I think every national coach has experienced and, and obviously we as a nation don't like it uh, there I think we, we do have so, some cultural uh, social problems that, 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 that show themselves in that sort of situation you know I don't think we have a, a problem when we're playing against Argentina or Nigeria. I think we we tend then to perform to our maximum. But if we're gonna if we now go to goal scoring, if we're gonna score goals, I think South African players with their speed need to know when not to use that speed. Mm-hmm. So arriving in the penalty area at 100 miles an hour and trying to finish, no. When you're going to press someone and get to the ball, use your speed. When you're going to spin away from someone and attack space, use your speed. When we can get the ball moving at high tempo, use your speed. But don't use it as we're entering the penalty area. Then it's composure. That's a different skill. And I think we need to use that sort of education. You spoke about education. Educate the players at a young age. But again, culturally, we tend to say... No, let them express themselves. I get that, and I and I know that the rest of the rest of the world are trying very hard. England, Germany, to encourage their players to express themselves, yeah. but they're structured at a young age, and then they balance that up with expressing themselves. I think we need to balance it a little bit and say, okay, let's structure a little bit. But never forget that you're South African and you should express yourself. But know how to use those South African weapons Mm. so that when you come up to the senior national team or a PSL team, you'll be a bigger asset. I don't, know if that, I don't know if that answers all of the questions, but... There's a lot. There's, I yeah. No, I mean, obviously, you, you've spouted out the way that you did, just very briefly, because we are out of time. And one was seeing a lot of reports, even in the build-up to the previous game, and obviously in the build-up to this game, from a mandate perspective. Because people are very obsessed with that. Well, what is Baxter's mandate? If you lose against Libya, does Baxter go? If, if you win and qualify, you know, so that kind yeah, of thing. What listen, is your Rob, mandate? The biggest, the biggest mandate I've got is from me. Saf, Saf have, have spelt out their ambitions. It's never been, a, and if you and if you don't win that game, then you're sacked. But they don't need to say that because the second that I think that I cannot lead this national team, and that and that may that may be if we qualify for Afcon. Yeah. You know, if I if I seriously think that someone else would be better suited to take this forward then no one's gonna have to tell me to go i'll go and and you won't be you won't be paying me a fortune either Mm -hmm. you know i mean at the same point if i if i feel i am and um and we've got the opportunity then i would certainly continue to do it but if they thought that i wasn't the right man that would go i mean it's not it's not one of these things rob that i feel that I've got to win a game to keep my job. That doesn't... What, what I want to win the games for is the people of this country. Mm. What I want to win games for is the players that are under my charge, that they experience something. For Stuart Baxter, I've, I've experienced just about everything I can experience in football. There's no prestige in this for me. There's no personal pride or ego. I want this for a lot of other reasons. And I want it, I would love to, when I leave this job in one day, two days mm. or ten years when I leave it, I would like to leave something behind me. Now, going to AFCON would be a good start, and that's why I'm very passionate about that, but 
If I don't, or if I do, I will sit down afterwards and say, you know, it could go quicker if you stepped aside, mm-hmm. or it's going quite well. But okay. if they don't think it's going quite well, I, I can move. All, right. All options on the table, Rob. <laughs> well, good luck on the journey. Um, and thanks for outlining a lot of the things. Uh, I suppose we'll have to revisit this closer to the time, hopefully. Uh, we'll have a little bit more time just to deal with national team issues. I believe that we don't really speak as often and inform and, and interrogate these issues as often as possible. So, But for your indulgence today, uh, Stuart, thank you ever so much indeed for coming through. My pleasure, Rob. Thank you. Have a fun, have a fun, a coach there. Stuart Baxter right here on MSW. Now you can kickstart.